Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. And bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. She said, she said a double amen. Some of you only said a single, so. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's, uh, before we get into the Word this morning, let's take a time, some time to pray. And uh, let's pray for our country. And let's lift up those who are, who are sick and in need of a healing touch uh, in their bodies. Uh, and let's pray uh, for the church uh, not only for ours, but for the church in the United States of America. Uh, I think Barner Research has put out some statistics that there were those who had started coming to church uh, that because of this whole COVID-19 thing have left the church. And what they're researching is they don't believe they'll ever come back. Now, I understand research, but I just want to pray against that in Jesus' name uh, and, uh, and against this uh, virus and the fear uh, that it is causing and the uh, separation that it is causing and the leaving of the church uh, that it is causing. We'll pray all this uh, in Jesus' name. I just got a text from my dad uh, that uh, you know, they're over in North Carolina because of the passing of my grandmother, and I appreciate all of your prayers uh, in that, that, uh, that my mom's brother, my Uncle Dean, uh, is in urgent care with, uh, with breathing difficulties. Uh, and uh, so I just want to lift him up uh, in prayer uh, and, uh, and, and everyone else who is, who is struggling and sick. Let's, let's pray together. It's a powerful and good thing to do, right? Not only to pray, but to pray together. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. Uh, Father, we are thankful uh, for the wonderful gift of prayer, and we are thankful that you have uh, taught us to do this, and Lord, in obedience to what you've told us to do and taught us to do, we come to you with our needs this morning, and Lord, we just lift up those who are sick uh, in Jesus' name, and we pray for anyone who may have uh, the COVID-19 virus, we pray for your healing touch upon them uh, in the mighty name uh, of Jesus, that you would bring complete wholeness and health to their body uh, in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we pray for those who may be struggling with, uh, with anything else, any kind of sickness or illness in their bodies, Lord, uh, we just pray your healing touch upon them uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those who, uh, who may be uh, having some health issues that, that the doctors aren't quite able to figure out yet, and we just pray pray as Daniel did in Daniel chapter 2, that you would bring your wisdom, that you would come and shine your light on the things hidden in darkness, for you know everything and can reveal everything, and that you would bring to them the knowledge and understanding and the wisdom of what is taking place, and you'd give them the wisdom on how to, to treat and to help so that there would be complete healing through your work and through the working of your servants. We pray this. In Jesus' name, Lord, I lift up my Uncle Dean to you right now. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray your healing touch uh, upon his body, that you would bring wholeness and health and healing uh, from his feet to his head, from his head to his toes. We pray that you'd touch him right now in the name of Jesus, that his breathing would completely clear up, that he would be healed and strong and, and completely touched by you. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we, uh, we are around here, I hope, passionate about the church. And Lord, we pray for your, uh, for your help uh, to your church. We pray for health uh, to your church, Lord. You know, we rebuke the attack of the enemy against the church uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just declare that all those who have left because of this uh, virus, Lord, that you will run them down and that you will pursue them and that you'll call their name and that you will reconnect them with you and with the body of Christ. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We just ask you for a revival uh, in our America, Lord, and we know that it will come to the church, Lord, that you would stir up Christians everywhere to attend and to pray and to give and to serve and to work, that you'd stir up within them a passion for your church. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we do love our country, and we just lift it up to you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you would just go uh, before us uh, to these uh, to, to election day, uh, Lord, and that you would move and that you would work about your uh, purpose, Lord, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that you would set in office, Lord, the man who acknowledges you and honors you and glorifies your name, who, is, who, has, who has his faith and trust in you and who will lead uh, this country in the way that it should go. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that you would stir up Christians everywhere who four years ago decided not to vote, to vote and to vote their biblical Christian values and beliefs. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray you'd bless the rest of our time together, that you'd speak to us and change us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, and all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you for praying with me uh, this morning. And please just uh, continue to pray as I know that you will. Let me take a coffee break. All right. Hallelujah. We are um, going to continue this morning our discussion on, on not only dealing with these uh, thorns that Jesus has mentioned uh, in Mark chapter 4, uh, not only identifying uh, these thorns, but also dealing uh, with uh, the thorns uh, in the parable of the sower and the seed uh, that Jesus has taught us uh, in Mark 4, and where he clearly just identifies these thorns uh, for us that are such a problem uh, because they grow up uh, in the life of the believer and keep the Word of God from maturity, from perfection, from being as, as fruitful as it could be producing uh, fruit. And uh, we cannot have this uh, in our lives. We uh, need to be and we want to be uh, Mark 4.20 uh, Christians, Mark 4.20 uh, ground where the seed of the Word of God lands on our hearts and it is heard, it is accepted, received, it is nurtured and cared for, it is able to grow up uh, to maturity and to bring forth a rich, abundant harvest 
in our lives. If you're not sure that you need the Word of God in your heart and bringing forth a harvest, go read Psalm 19. Read it all the way through uh, several times and you will be reminded that you need the Word of God sewn down into your heart. If you've got a little bit of time, go read Psalm 119. It's the longest one in the Bible. Isn't that interesting? The psalm that's all about the Word of God is the longest chapter in the Bible. Take some time and read through that and just be reminded of, the, of how much we need the Word of God in our lives, received and growing, but not just growing, coming to the place of maturity and perfection to where it brings forth a rich, abundant harvest in our lives. We need the fruitfulness of the Word of God in our lives. And that's why we are taking some time to not only identify these thorns that grow up and choke out the Word of God, but to make sure that we deal with these thorns that grow up and choke out the Word and keep it from being fruitful in our lives. Let's read again Mark chapter 4. We'll start at 18, we'll read through uh, 20 just to be reminded of these uh, wonderful passages of Scripture. Remember, Jesus tells the parable of the sower and the seed, and then he is explaining the parable to the disciples later because they asked. By the way, maybe if you need something of the Lord, just ask. If you need to know something from Him, just ask. little side note. Verse 18, he's explaining, he explains the other ground, and now he's explaining the thorns. He says, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life. So now he's identifying the thorns, remember? He's going to identify them uh, by, uh, by identifying three things for us. The worries of this life, so that's one. Uh, the deceitfulness of wealth, no, that's two. And the desires for other things, that's three. The desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it un. Fruitful. So here is the major problem uh, that the Word of God that is meant to be so incredibly fruitful in our lives because of the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things, the Word is choked and made unfruitful in our lives. And this cannot be. I will not have this for myself. I do not want this for my wife. I don't want this for my children. I certainly don't want it for you. And the great thing is the Lord doesn't want this for us either. He wants us to be, uh, to be this other ground in verse 20 uh, that uh, brings forth a fruit. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and, and produce a crop, some 30, uh, 60, uh, some 60, uh, some 100 times what was uh, sown. So the, the wonderful thing about the law of sowing and reaping is one little seed that is planted and nurtured and cared for, allowed to grow up and bring forth fruit, can produce 30, 60, or even a 100 times what was sown in your life. So if you allow the Word of God to get into your heart and you receive it and you nurture it and care for it and you deal with the thorns, man, you, you you won't put up with the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things. You, you cut those things down and you keep them weeded out of your heart. Then the, then, the little, then, the, then the little seed of the Word of God that gets in you is able to bring forth an incredible harvest in your life. A harvest of peace, a harvest of righteousness, 
a harvest of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, a harvest of light and direction, a harvest of, of the will of God for you, a harvest of an inheritance that you can pass down to your children's 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 for generations to come, the wonderful seed of the Word of God, allowed to bring forth fruitfulness in our lives until it just completely fills us up to a place of overflowing. That's what we want. That's what we're after. I don't know about you, but I'm going to say this again today, but there are power, there's power in declarations. There's power in faith declarations. So I'm telling you, this is not just what I want. This is what I will have. This is going to be my reality. This will be my heart. I will settle for nothing less than this. The Word of God is going to land on my heart. It is going to bring forth a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times. You've got you to gotta get some fire down inside of you and apply the Word of the, of the Lord to you and, and, and look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm settling for nothing less than this. This will be my reality. The thorns will not grow up in my life and choke out the fruitfulness of the Word of God. I simply simply will not have it. I'm not going to stand for it. And by my determination and the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do it. I just choked down a, mm-hmm. Hey, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I will not have it. So we've got to deal with these thorns. Again, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things. We have spent some time dealing with those first two. And, 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 and again, this, this third one of the desires for other things, as we deal with it, it helps us to deal with the first two as well. As we're dealing with one, we're dealing with the other, uh, working on all three. But let's focus in this morning uh, on this on these thorns that Jesus identifies and calls uh, the desires for other things. There, there's a, there are these desires for other things that grow up in our lives, that are thorns in our lives that can choke out the Word of God. And these uh, desires for other things uh, are, are a very important uh, thorn that we've got to deal with because they are, they are very, very destructive in that they can not only, if we don't, if we don't deal with them, like if we think, and this is a this is a, a thought. I don't know that anyone would would like articulate that this is what I believe, but but they live this way that that these thorns and the and the word of God can grow up together, and that I can garden both of these, that I can grow up the word and the worries of this life, that I can that I can grow the word of God in my life and the and the deceitfulness of wealth and 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 this desires. That uh, these desires for other things, this is one of the more deceptive in that many think I can garden both of these in my lives and we cannot. So what eventually uh, happens is not only that, not only does the desires for other things choke the word of God and make it unfruitful, but what will eventually take place is that these desires for other things, if they're not dealt with, they can actually lead us to walk away from the faith to walk away from Jesus. And we cannot walk away from Jesus. That is the, the spirit of Antichrist. It is the purpose of our enemy. He doesn't care where you walk to. 
as long as you're walking away from Jesus. You can walk to whatever else in this world there is to walk to. He doesn't care. He's completely happy for you to walk to any other religion in this world and be religious as you want to. As long as you don't walk to Jesus. And if we don't deal with these desires, they can lead us to abandon the faith and to walk away from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, when you see someone who has been in the faith, who, who has identified as a Christian, and we've seen this from, from, uh, from, from so, some celebrity Christians, in, in my time anyway, who have walked away from Jesus, have walked away from the faith after serving Him. Almost always, one of the things that has taken place, one of the main things that has taken place, is they for years have tried to garden desires for other things and the Word of God. And they came to a place where they could no longer garden both and, and, they, and, and what happens is, when someone tries to garden both, either they will deal with the thorns and live for Jesus, or they will deal with Jesus and, and, and uh, give in to the thorns and walk away uh, from Jesus. This is almost always uh, what, is, what is taking place. You know, one, of the, one of the recent ones uh, was a guy named Josh Harris. Uh, who, was, who became a famous Christian because of a book that he, that he had written uh, called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Uh, and, and I don't know, a year or so ago, uh, he walked away uh, from the faith. And I don't know his story or I don't know why, but I can probably tell you there's two things that were going on. Uh, he didn't have a revelation of who Jesus truly was. His faith was built on something else. It was, built on, it was built on works or, or his mom and dad's uh, faith or something else, but it wasn't built on his own revelation of who Jesus is. If your faith is on your own revelation of who our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, then when everybody else walks away, you, like Peter, say, I'm not going anywhere. Remember, Peter was the one who declared when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, nobody taught you this. The Father revealed this to you. And Peter, when asked, when everybody was walking away in John 6.66, Peter says in John 6.67, he says, I'm not going anywhere. He says, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. And you have the words of life. I'm standing right here. If, you, if your faith is built on a revelation of Christ, you're not going anywhere. You will deal with the thorns and not walk away from Jesus. And when people walk away from Jesus, it's because their faith was on something else. They're still trying to earn their salvation. Their faith was on their parents' faith or, or wherever else it may be. But it isn't founded on our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the rock foundation that we've got to build our lives on. If it's not Christ and Christ alone, then chances are you're going to wander away or be knocked down when the storms come through. It's got to be Jesus. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Chances are his, there wasn't a revelation of Christ and there was a continual dealing with a desire for other things that eventually took him over and led him to walk away from the faith. So we really want to deal with the thorns of the desires for other things. Let me take a coffee break. Praise the Lord. So uh, in 1 Timothy 6, verse 9... Uh, Paul speaking to Timothy, he, he tells us 
basically what I've just, just told us. Just let me give you some scripture uh, for it. And remember here, he's, he's talking to Timothy about, uh, about the dangers of money and the dangers uh, of uh, riches. And he says some other things in here uh, as well. And also talking to Timothy, you know, as a pastor about how to lead uh, the wealthy and the rich. And uh, this, is what he, this is what Paul says here in verse 9 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Those who want to get rich uh, fall into temptation and a trap and, and to many foolish and harmful uh, desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That there are, that there are many desires, they're foolish and they're harmful, and they plunge people into ruin and destruction. There are these desires for other things, and we could identify them here as, as foolish desires and harmful desires, and they are desires that we don't want, right? Because we don't want this. We don't want ruin and destruction in our lives. So there are desires for other things that we can have that are foolish and harmful that will bring ruin and destruction to our lives. That's why we got to deal with these thorns. We can't allow these, these foolish desires to lead us astray and these harmful desires to lead us astray and to bring about ruin and destruction in our lives. Verse 10 He continues, he says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money. See, here we have a desire for riches. A desire for for money is one of these foolish and harmful desires that can bring ruin and destruction. The reason why, it says this, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So here these, this desire for money has led them to wander from the faith. And when they're wandered from the faith, what they wander into is not joy and happiness and abundant life. That's what they've walked away from. See, again, the deception of these desires is that there's joy and happiness and abundant life in these things, but there's not. That's what they've walked away from. And instead of all that, they are pierced with many griefs. So if we allow ourselves to be led astray by these uh, desires and, to, and, and, and if we allow ourselves to, to think that we can live with them and grow them up in our lives, then the result is, is ruin and destruction and wandering away uh, from the faith and, pierced, and being pierced uh, with many uh, griefs. So we must uh, deal uh, with uh, the thorns uh, that grow up in our lives, because if we don't, then down the road we could find ourselves tempting our fate and wandering away from the faith as many have wandered away from the faith. So there are, so there are foolish desires, there are harmful uh, desires, uh, I think from Hebrews 12, that we could apply what Hebrews 12 uh, says there, you know, that when it talks about uh, throwing off the, the, the sin that uh, entangles and the things that uh, so uh, hinder us, uh, that, there are, that there are sinful desires and that there are hindering uh, desires. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people justify some of the desires for other things is they say, well, it's not sin. 
but there are desires for other things that can greatly hinder us that are foolish and harmful desires. And we could go through and, and list all, of, all, all kinds of stuff, and, and you know, some of you would agree with me and, and some of you wouldn't agree with me, that, that you could say that many people are embracing and allowing in their lives because they say, well, it's not sin, but man, it can be so harmful and it can be such a hindering desire in our lives. We need to deal with the desires for other things and cut these thorns down out of uh, our lives so that they're not growing up and choking out the Word and could eventually lead to this taking place in our lives. So we don't want to wander after foolish desires or harmful desires or sinful desires or desires for that things that would hinder because those things can be can lead to ruin and they can lead to uh, destruction. So um, what we've got to do is we've got to deal uh, with these thorns uh, in our uh, lives and make sure that we clear them out. I'll take another coffee break here. Praise the Lord. So that these, these thorns don't uh, choke out uh, the Word of God uh, in our lives, but they're dealt with and we are allowed to, and the Word is allowed to grow and bring about fruitfulness uh, in our lives. There are many things that, that can be desired you know, that that, uh, that could fall under uh, this uh, category, I encourage you to just pray and ask the Lord and, the, and, and enlist the help of the Holy Spirit uh, in your life uh, to, to help you deal with any of uh, these things. But what I would, uh, what I would uh, say to you is probably uh, one of the greatest helps in identifying these and dealing with these is to make sure that your desire is where it needs to be and that your desire stays where it needs to be. This is pretty easy to declare and really when you see it clearly, easy to live out that what we should desire is the Lord God Almighty that He should be our passion, that He should be our focus. Listen to me. That He should be our desire. Right? I know many who believe in Him, but do you desire Him? I know many who would say their faith is in Him, but do you desire Him? Have you put your trust in Jesus just to make it into heaven and now all of your desires are for earthly things that are temporary and that will perish? We don't want to desire the things of this earth that will go away and that will perish. We don't want to desire riches that, that, that cannot last, but that is, that is uh, as Proverbs says, uh, like an eagle, it'll sprout wings and just quickly uh, fly away. We don't want to desire uh, sinful things. Don't desire uh, revenge. Don't desire uh, bitterness. Don't desire uh, harm. Don't desire the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the, and the pride of life. Don't desire the things that come out of the love of this world. Desire God. Desire Him. Make Him your passion. Make Him your pursuit. Make Him your longing. 
This is one of the things I, I, I believe that was part of David's makeup. That is why the Lord chose David to be his king and chose him to be the one that from his descendants would come our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who would be king on the throne forever and ever and ever is that David, like no one else, desired the Lord. Now he had his failures And he had his mistakes, but there was a delight in his heart for the Lord. There was a desire in his heart for the Lord. And and because of it, we have the beautiful book of Psalms, which is filled with, with a calling and a declaring, calling us to desire the Lord and a declaring of a desire for the Lord. One of, one of the, Ones that I love that is so great is, is Psalm 42, you know, 1 and 2. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, you're probably familiar with this. It says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Or so my soul longs for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? This is a desire for the Lord. This is a longing for the Lord. And if this is here, then... (coughs) If this is here, then the the thorns of the desires for other things have such a hard time maturing and growing because of our incredible, great desire for the Lord. Another one that I I love so much is, is Psalm 73, verses 23 through 26. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of of my heart and my portion forever. My desire is the Lord. There is nothing else that I desire. He is my my heart's desire. He is my strength. He is my portion. I love how he says this, even in heaven there's only you. And on the earth there's nothing that compares with you. You are my desire. We could go through more and read them and talk about the, the desire of the Lord and desiring the Lord. We could look at the life of Paul and see how the Lord so so revealed himself to him and so got a hold of him that the Lord was his desire and he declared, I consider everything loss compared to knowing Christ Jesus. Or, or, or in another passage, Philippians 1, he declared, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, God is my desire. There's nothing in heaven but you and there's certainly nothing on this earth that I desire besides you. There's nothing in this world, let me tell you, if you're not sure of it yet, that can compare with the Lord. As I have worked on this uh, message, 
And as I came across this passage of Scripture and was reminded of it, I was reminded of a song that we used to sing that was just so beautiful, so, so very short and so beautiful. And I don't know if you, if you know this or not, but it just so beautifully declares what we are talking about this morning and so beautifully declares that earth has nothing that I desire that compares with you. It went like this, Lord, you are more precious than silver. I don't know if you remember this or not. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares with you. There's this list of the things of this earth that can so get our attention, so get our desire of silver and gold and diamonds, and then this declaration that none of these come close to you, none of these compare to you. There is nothing that I desire that can even approach you, that can even come close to you, that could even compare to you, Lord. You are more precious than silver. You are more costly than gold. You are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares with you. And as I remember that song, I've just been singing it. It's been singing the song of, Lord, you are more precious than silver. And it's such a beautiful song. It's so small, you can just sing it over and over and over and never get tired of it. And, and, and you are reminded of the beauty of the Lord and of the riches of the Lord and of the greatness of our God and of His, 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 alone, only worthiness and, and His, and, 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 uncomparableness. I can't think of a word. You just cannot grasp who he is and nothing in this world that this world could offer or ever offer can desire, uh, can compare to our desire to, to, to desiring God and to knowing him and who uh, he is. Lord, you are more precious than silver, more costly than gold, more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares with you. So let me just share with you four uh, God desires. You can note these. You already know them, but I want to remind you of them because these flow out of our desiring of God. And we so need to desire these things. And when we desire, these are good things to desire. When we desire these things, it helps to to keep the thorns of the desires for other things out of our lives. I want you to desire this. Desire the blessing of the Lord. Man, we've got we've to want and desire, need, must have God's blessing on our lives. I, I see some that are so, it seems so, so, so quickly willing to, to lay down the blessing of the Lord for, for the desires of this world. We cannot do this. There is nothing that this world can offer that compares with the blessing of God poured out upon our lives. It may sound selfish, but I want to be under His blessing. I want my family to be under His blessing. I want my church to be under His blessing. I want my children, children's children to be under the blessing of the Lord. I am a blessed, blessed man. Okay, let me just tell you, I am blessed. 
very highly, and, and a whole lot of it doesn't have anything to do with me, I'm incredibly thankful for it. I'm blessed because my grandfather desired the blessing of the Lord and walked away from everything that the world had to offer to live a life of desiring God and it brought blessing on him and his family and it is flowing all the way down to me. My daughter's Daughters are blessed, and my son is blessed, and their children are going to be blessed, and it doesn't have a ton to do with them. They are just under the blessing that has come about because one man said yes to Jesus and no to everything else. Mm-hmm. You, can bring a, you can bring an inheritance on your children's children's children. I remember one time I, I stood at the altar and, and, and was praying for a young lady and, 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 and the Lord just began to, to speak through me, clear as I can remember it. And, and I just began to tell her of, of, of a time coming when there would be the desires for other things that could lead her astray. But if she would desire the Lord and live for Him, that what was going to take place, it was, it was going to break some generational curses and bring a blessing on her that would come down to her children down to her grandchildren, down to her great-grandchildren. That's what the blessing of the Lord does. The, the generational curses are three, four generations. The blessing of the Lord goes on for a thousand generations of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Let us desire the blessing of the Lord upon our lives and upon our children. Who doesn't want God's blessing on their children and on their grandchildren, and on their great-grandchildren for generations to come. You say, well, I don't have to worry about that because Jesus is going to come pretty soon. You don't know that. You don't know when He's coming. None of us do. He may come tomorrow. It may be hundreds of years. We don't know. We've got to live ready today, and we've got to live working to proclaim the gospel for generations to come. We want the blessing of the Lord. I think we need to have like Jacob's attitude in Genesis 32. Right where he wouldn't let God go until he blessed him. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I will have your blessing, Lord. I will have your blessing. Thankfully for Jesus, we don't have to wrestle with God anymore. We just got to run to him and trust in him and live for him. And the blessing of the Lord comes upon our lives. Desire God's blessing. I'll give you another one. We can call it number two. The inheritance of the saints. You read about this in Ephesians 1, uh, 18. We have got to desire uh, the inheritance of the saints. We've got to desire this, uh, lay a hold of it, lay hold of it, lay a hold of it, lay hold of it, and refuse to let it go. I will not lay it down. I will not, like Esau, uh, sell it for stew. This is my inheritance. It is mine. I desire it. I will someday be with Jesus forever and ever. I will have a room in my Father's house that has been prepared by the master craftsman, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I will live with Him for eternity. I will trade nothing for this. I desire the glorious inheritance of the saints. And I'm not going to let the temporary desires for other things that come from this world rob me, rob me of my internal, eternal inheritance. I will not allow it. And you will not allow it either. And all of you online, we cannot, we cannot lay down our eternal inheritance for temporary things from this world. 
must desire the inheritance of the saints. Number three, we must desire the Word of God. Where is this, church? Where is this in our America? Where is a desire for the Word of God planted in our hearts and bringing forth fruit in our lives? Go and read Psalm 19. Telling you, we've got to have the Word of God in our lives. It truly is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. When Jesus stood in temptation and and battle with the enemy, what did He do? He hit Him with the Word. He hit Him with the Word. He hit Him with the Word. And He hit Him with the Word again. And He probably didn't have it on His iPhone. You know, where He could pull it up and be like, well, give me a second, I'm Googling this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. No, it was down inside of his heart. Part of who he is. We have got to have a desire for the Word of God in our lives. You want to desire something that's going to bring about change and bring about beauty and bring about goodness and bring about abundant life. Desire the Word of God. The glorious news is, in America, we have it in abundance. Everybody's probably got a book in their house, actually actual paper book in their house. And if not, you can download it on your phone. There's multiple apps that will give you the Word of God in every translation that you would like it. We have this opportunity. Let us desire the Word of God in our lives. I'll give you number four. We can call this number four. Probably no surprise to anyone that it is the presence of the Lord. You've got to desire the presence of the Lord in our lives. We've got to desire to be with God, to know Him, to come in to His presence. There's got to be this longing to be with God. This is why David, in 2 Samuel 6, was so passionate about bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem because it represented the presence of the Lord. It represented the blessing of the Lord. It represented the protection of the Lord. It represented the help of the Lord. It represented the provision of the Lord. But more than anything else, it represented the presence of God. And David wanted to be with God and have God with him. And so he, he brought the ark in and refused to give up until the ark of the Lord was there in Jerusalem with him. He worked and worked and worked and labored and labored and all of it came out of a passion for God's presence. Desire his presence. Let it be a, a, an above desire more than anything else. Nothing, nothing I desire compares to you. Desire the blessing of the Lord the inheritance of the saints, the Word of God, and the presence of the Lord. And these desires, if these are growing up in our lives, man, it is going to, it is going to when little thorns start to grow up, we're going to stomp those things down and cut them off and be like, man, that is nothing at all compared to the desire that I have for my God. So let me give you some, let me give you some help in this. I want you to, Because this can be deceptive and difficult. I want you to remember uh, the power of a few things. I want you to remember the power of prayer. I want you to remember the power of 
of God-honoring meditation, God-honoring thinking, a God-honoring thought life. I want you to remember the power of, of faith declarations, right? We did this already this morning, this declaration of, of my heart will be a Mark 4.20 heart, the power of faith declarations. Remember the power of prayer. We have got, we've got to pray and it is powerful, powerful, powerful. I'm telling you, to pray for yourself. You can pray for yourself. And you can recognize that there's all kinds of temptations and deceptions out there. And call out on God for His help. I pray for myself. I know other people are praying for me. And I am thankful for it. But I will pray for myself. And I do almost every day. I pray the Lord put a hedge of protection around me. That he give me wisdom, that he keep me from foolishness. That he would let the power of righteousness powerfully work in my life. And I pray Proverbs 30, where he talks about not wanting to do anything that would dishonor God. I pray, Lord, today, don't let me do anything that would dishonor you, that would bring harm to your name. Let me today live to glorify you and to exalt you. And I pray, Lord, be my trust, be my delight, be my passion, be my desire. Don't let my eyes wander off to anything else, right? I pray and declare what what Job prayed. I've made a covenant with my eyes. I'm looking on Jesus. I'm going to keep my focus there. You've got to remember the power of prayer and pray over yourself. And call out on the Lord to help you to to not be deceived by these desires of other things. And to keep your focus and desire the Lord God Almighty. Remember, remember, uh, the uh, and not only this, but, but man, if you see somebody who, who has, because of these desires, who has walked away from the Lord, if you see that happen, you need to pray right then. You need to call out on the Lord right then for that person and, and begin to pray hard for them that, that the Lord will show up in their lives and turn them back around, turn them back to Jesus. Remember the power of, of thinking and meditation that brings honor and glory to the Lord. Remember uh, Psalm 19, uh, that, that the meditations of my heart have got to be pleasing in His sight. Remember the power of, uh, of, of meditating on the Word of the Lord and on the Lord. This is why this song is such a wonderful thing. This is why worship is such a wonderful thing. This is why singing is such a wonderful thing, because it takes over our meditations. It takes over our thought life. This is why I'm such a big component of worship music in your life, of Christian music in your life. I know many people look at me silly when I talk about that, but I'm telling you, I'm not saying, you know, the other is bad or wrong or sin. I'm just telling you, if you want help in winning the battle of the mind, if you want help in the meditations of your heart, then listen to worship music and get a new song of the Lord down inside your heart and let that be what's rolling around in your mind all the time. All that stuff you lost from listening to country music, you probably get it back by listening to worship music. 
That's funny. I'm just messing. Hallelujah. I don't know. It just came to me. I guess it was the Holy Spirit. And... Oh, man. People are walking out of church talking about listening to not country music. I'm out of here. No. I didn't say that. I'm saying if you worship music helps us, you want to change your thought life, you want to change your thinking, if you're struggling with anything, then get a song of the Lord down inside of your heart and watch as it affects your meditation. Watch as worry goes out of your life and, 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 and the promises of the Lord start to, 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 uh, to stir within you. You know, begin to sing, Lord, you are more precious than silver. You are more costly than gold. You're more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares with you. Remember that power of, of, of life-giving, pleasing meditation. And then, and then remember the power of faith declarations. Right? We've gotta, we have got to know and we've got to use the power of our mouths to direct the course of our lives. You got to say, I will not desire that. Right? You got to be like Job. I've made a covenant with my eyes. I will not look. This is what I will do. You have got to come out of your mouth the faith that is down inside of your heart. Faith gets out of our mouth in declaration. I will not trade my eternal inheritance for temporary bowl of stew. I will not. I will, I will, be, I will be marked for 20 ground. The word of the Lord is going to get in my heart and grow. These thorns will not come. You've got you to declare, I will not worry, but I will seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me. You've got to declare the promises of the Lord over your life. I mean, you know, like the last couple of weeks, you know, if I'm just honest, the enemy has, has been attacking me uh, with, uh, with uh, some thoughts, and you know, maybe it was him, I don't know that I'm that important that he's attacking me, but, but they were bothering me, some, some thoughts, wrong thoughts about myself that were bothering me, and I had, to, I had to come against those in the name of Jesus and declare over myself things that I know that God has spoken and that the Word of God says about who I am. And, and out of my mouth, declare, I am not that. I am who God says I am. How many of you know that? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you are God's chosen people. That you are His child. How many of you know that, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? I had to declare that one again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. you got to get the, the power of faith declarations out of your mouth. The power of prayer, the power of pleasing meditation, the power of faith declarations. And I want to end with this. They praise the Lord. He said end. I want to end with, but, but then he said with this. I want to end with this. I want to end with this. I want you to remember, remember this. The, the, the power of earnest repentance. I want you to remember that. The power of earnest repentance. Proverbs 24 16 says this, Proverbs 24, 16 says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Remember that you are righteous, and that we stumble and fall, and that we go down, but though we go down seven times, we rise again. 
Though we fall and fail, we repent and we get back up and we keep on working and serving the Lord. In in Revelation 3, Jesus speaks to the Laodicean church and he rebukes them for being lukewarm. And he says, he says, he says, you guys, you know, you're not hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other, but because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And but then as, as he ends, he says, be earnest and repent. As Jesus' rebuke to them is to lead them to repentance, to call out to God for forgiveness and to return to the Lord. You know the thing that separates King Saul from King David. If we were to like weigh out their sin, David's would probably outdo Saul's. But when Saul was confronted, he didn't repent. But when David was confronted, we got Psalm 51. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. It is this weeping, crying out repentance to the Lord of a coming back to Him that we're going to fall down, we're going to stumble and fail. Maybe every, t- every now and then that the desires of this life, the desires for other things will tempt us and lead us astray. But when the Holy Spirit comes and rebukes, listen and, and, and harness the power of an earnest repentance, don't say, ah, I hear you, Holy Spirit, but I want to walk down this road a little bit longer. you got to get off of it now. While the Holy Spirit calls, you got to step out of there right now, and you've got to be earnest. you got to be quick. you got to be now, and you got to repent and return to the Lord. That's Him calling you back. That's Him calling you home. That's Him telling you your desires are shifting a little bit. Man, get them focused back on me. Remember, He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending judgment and calamity on His people, who doesn't always repay us according to what our sins deserve. He so loved us that He sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life so when you stumble and fall when you start heading off in a wrong direction don't keep going be earnest repent get yourself back in line aren't you thankful for for Peter's question in Matthew 18 when he said Lord how many times shall we forgive Seven times? And the Lord said, no, Peter, but 70 times seven. Forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. Aren't you thankful that the Lord forgives and he forgives and he forgives and he forgives again? Aren't you thankful that he, that he, that he forgives more than seven times? I am. I'm thankful that he forgives more than seven times. Be earnest and repent. Return to the Lord and he'll lift you back up on your feet. It's, it's Romans 14. You will stand, for the Lord is able to make you stand. Don't be led astray by the desires for other things. Don't let those thorns grow up in your life. Desire God. Don't you love Psalm 37.4? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Make Him your delight. 
Make Him your desire. Battle against these thorns through prayer and through meditation and through Word of God, faith declarations. And if you do stumble and fall, be earnest and repent. Get back up. Fix your eyes back on Jesus. Receive His mercy and His grace and His forgiveness and continue the journey of living to bring Him glory and honor. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. This morning, I don't know what we all may be facing or what we all may be going through. I don't know what all of you online are facing or going through, but if you know that you're, that you're a little bit off track, that the desires for other things have grown up in your life and are leading you astray, and you hear Jesus knocking this morning, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, calling you home, then today, don't wait. Be earnest, be quick, and repent. Repent, for the Lord is near. His arms are open wide. He's waiting for you to come back to the Father's house, to renewed relationship with Him. Repent today and receive His mercy Receive His grace. Receive His forgiveness. And put your faith and trust and hope back in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If that's your desire this morning, I just ask you to raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. If that's your desire online, I just ask you to raise your hands wherever you may be. Now let's just pray together. I'm just going to lead us. And you just pray with me from your heart, just repeating after me. And just pray a prayer of repentance and a prayer of returning to the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. I thank you for your call. I hear you right now. Lord Jesus, I repent of being led astray by all kinds of other things. I receive your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I open my heart and I ask you to come in and be my Lord be my Savior, my God, my King, my desire. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't deal with the thorns. Be a Mark 4.20 ground. Let the Word of God richly grow up and bring forth fruit in your life. God bless you. Have a great day, a great week. See you back here Sunday.